This is episode 285 of the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jessie Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey, it's Anita here. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know If you're pregnant and want step-by-step guidance on how to have less pain and pelvic floor symptoms in pregnancy, how to prepare mentally and physically for labor and pushing, including how to minimize tearing, how to have your partner feel confident to support you during birth, and how to navigate a smoother postpartum recovery, my Bump to Birth Method online program is available for you to join. It's three programs in one, covering pregnancy, birth prep, and postpartum recovery, plus you get lifetime access to the program content and bonuses. Bump to Birth Method is my on-demand, self-paced online program where you can learn from the comfort of your own home through video and audio lessons on how to best connect to your pelvic floor and core in pregnancy beyond traditional Kegels, strategies to help common pregnancy pains and pelvic floor symptoms, my top strategies to prepare your mind, body, and pelvic floor for labor, how to best support you and your pelvic floor during pushing, key strategies for your partner to support you during labor, and how to navigate your first six weeks postpartum. Bonuses include expert interviews, core and pelvic floor yoga class, three strength training workouts, hospital and home birth bag lists, meditation tracks for pregnancy, birth, and postpartum recovery. Whether you're preparing for your first or fifth birth, if you're ready to have less pain and pelvic floor symptoms in pregnancy, feel fully prepared mentally and physically for labor and pushing, including how to minimize tearing and how to navigate your first six weeks postpartum recovery, then head to the show notes or go to bumptobirthmethod.com to see what other expecting moms have said about bump to birth and to enroll today. Awesome. So welcome back to the Two Birth and Beyond podcast. It's Anita here. And on today's podcast, I have a special guest, Alana Gertson, who recently became a first-time mom, and she's excited to share her pregnancy, birth, and postpartum experience on the podcast. And I got to meet Alana this past year while she was expecting her first through my Bump to Birth online program while she was preparing for birth. And if you don't know Alana, she is a registered massage therapist in Niagara, Ontario, with a clinical focus on providing support to individuals during pregnancy and throughout postpartum rehab recovery, specifically those who've had a cesarean birth. And she loved staying active throughout her pregnancy, which helped her feel more comfortable throughout her pregnancy. And she's also a huge planner, which I know many of our listeners are as well, both professionally and in her personal life. So pregnancy, birth, and postpartum has taught her some lessons around this, which we'll dive into today as well. So thank you, Alana, for being on and sharing your experiences. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners that I didn't mention in your intro? 
Um, nothing specific. Uh, so my son is two months old today. Uh, so it's been a whirlwind of the last two months. Um, and just that's it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. And, uh, I know you worked, how long did you work up until, until I worked until I was about 36 weeks pregnant. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, yeah, I 36 weeks pregnant and mm -hmm. I had started to cut back at about the 30 week mark, I would say, mm -hmm. yeah. um, slowly just tapered off my schedule by the last week I was working. I think I was seeing about two or three patients a day for mm -hmm. four days a week or so. Um, and mm -hmm. I was definitely ready to be done yeah. at that point in time. Um, but I, I felt great up until the end. Awesome. Awesome. Well, why don't we dive into that first, even just, you know, your pregnancy experience kind of physically, mentally, emotionally, how was that for you? Everything was amazing and as to be expected um mm -hmm. my first trimester i definitely was exhausted i would say i was pretty sick uh i was lucky that i was never really physically ill i just mm -hmm. felt awful <laughs> um but that's that's pretty common so i expected that um my first trimester we were very very busy just in my personal life we were planning our wedding i got married when i was 9 weeks pregnant so it was a whirlwind prepping for a wedding. I didn't really have that much time to think about how I was feeling. Um, and because everyone didn't know yet, it just was kind of an easy way to try and forget about it in the best possible way and just ignore all of those first trimester symptoms. Um, second trimester was great, <laughs> as everyone says. I was a little bit worried. Everyone says that, you know, you hit 12 weeks and you're going to feel so much better. Well, I hit 12 weeks, I hit 13 weeks, I hit 14 weeks, and I was still feeling pretty awful. And I was convinced everyone was lying <laughs> and that it didn't get better. Um, so that I would say took a little bit of a toll on me emotionally, mm -hmm. um, mentally, emotionally, just hard to push through when I didn't really see an end in sight. I thought there was, and then I wasn't feeling better. Um, as soon as I hit about 18 weeks though, I could see the light at the end of the tunnel and I finally started to feel better. Thank goodness. So that made it a lot easier to deal with. <laughs> we have a little visitor. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was my cat. She's probably oh. going to be jumping up and down this whole time. My apologies. All no, all good. All good. <laughs> Welcome to join. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but as soon as I hit that, you know, 18, 19, 20 week mark, I felt amazing. I was still working full time. Um, so that was great. Um, third trimester, you know, starting to feel a little bit bigger, starting to feel my size at work started to be a little bit more challenging, I would say. Um, not due to any physical symptoms per se, it was more the size. Mm -hmm. um, as you know, doing what yeah. you do, you need to try and like watch your bo like body mechanics, your biomechanics, make yeah. sure you're not putting your body in a vulnerable position. Mm -hmm. Well, all of a sudden I couldn't have proper positioning. Mm -hmm. um, so then that was starting to lead to some physical discomforts, mm -hmm. um, like my low back, you know, I, I couldn't do what I was supposed to be doing for my body at work. Uh, so I was very thankful that I was starting to cut back on my patients. <laughs> Thank mm -hmm. goodness. Yeah. Um, and then at about the 30 week mark as well, we pre-pregnancy had the week booked off and we were going to be taking a road trip to Tennessee. So that was an 11 or 12 hour drive, I would say. Mm -hmm. So I was quite worried about that <laughs> being 30 weeks pregnant sitting in a car for that long um overall though it was great I had brought so many 
like home care tools with me. I brought therapy <laughs> balls. I bought a tens machine. We stopped so I could do some stretching. Amazing. Um, and I yeah. felt great. Mm-hmm. I was so worried about that drive and it was no problem at all. We did hiking while we were down there. So I'm, I felt pretty good throughout the whole pregnancy. Yeah, that's amazing. And do you find like, were you hearing from family or friends even before you were pregnant, um, their experiences or were you kind of just trying to keep a bubble around you and not kind of absorbing other people's experiences? So a little bit of both. I didn't, in terms of family and friends, um, Mm -hmm. didn't really ask too many details. Like you hear things here and there, but it was never anything that I sought out information on. Mm-hmm. That being said, because of what I do for work and focusing with prenatal postpartum patients, I hear a lot of it. I ask for it. As mm-hmm. you know, that's a really important part of your intake, creating mm-hmm. your like clinical impression, your diagnosis. Yeah. Um, so I was exposed to a lot of it, um, mm-hmm. which I did find very helpful hearing different experiences, but more from the clinical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um it was a lot easier to keep my distance that way, I would say, and not take things personally, like not feel mm-hmm. like people were throwing their advice at me unsolicited. Yeah. It was more me just genuinely caring about my patients. Mm-hmm. Um, so I found that helpful. Yeah. Amazing. And how do you find, like, how did you prepare? What steps did you prepare um, in taking for your son's birth? Uh, I did the bump to birth, which I found very helpful. Um, I did the live, I think you call it the live coaching session. Mm -hmm. Um, And unfortunately, wasn't able to make very many of the live um, record or live sessions. Mm -hmm. So the recordings being available in the Facebook group, I found very helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, That was full of information. I really enjoyed that. Um, And I also did a prenatal yoga program at a local Mm -hmm. yoga studio. Um, I did find near the end, my, um, physical activity levels did start to decrease a bit just cause I started to get tired. So mm-hmm. having that, um, time commitment where I was dedicated to going to those classes at least weekly, mm-hmm. really beneficial. Um, even just this space to have that hour once a week mentally to decompress, mm-hmm. be around other women that were pregnant and um, the program that I did, the studio, part mm-hmm. of the very beginning of each class, she went around the room and there would just be a topic that she would ask us all to talk about, you know, mm-hmm. ranging from something as simple as like, do you have a name for your baby or a name for your bump to, you know, what do you find the hardest thing right now? And just hearing other women going through the exact same thing you are mm-hmm. was great. So it was great physically. It was great mentally. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to do it with a friend of mine who's also an RMT who was due like four days after I was. Um, so just having someone there for you was amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so good to hear. It's true. I don't think a lot realize until you're in a space like that with prenatal mm-hmm. yoga or any type of you know, class like that, where you do get to experience that so many others kind of are in the same boat. Everyone has different experiences in pregnancy, but just being around others who are pregnant can really Mm -hmm. just give you a different energy and really help you feel supported. Definitely. Even when it's something like you're commiserating together, where you're worried about saying that to someone else, 
because you're like, I'm so lucky. I love every part of this, but it's also really hard. Mm-hmm. And having someone else understand that was yes. great. Yeah. Yeah. And how was your experience in pregnancy with your care provider or your care? Like, was it a team approach or what did that look like for you? So I was with the Niagara midwives. So the way that they're organized is you're with a team and there's three midwives. So throughout your pregnancy, you meet with one of the three at every appointment. Um, Hopefully you get to meet all three of them before your birth, which I was, I did. Um, And they were absolutely amazing. I cannot speak highly enough about the care that I received with the midwives Um, because this is my first pregnancy. I don't have anything to compare it to. I've never seen an OB before, Um, but I felt very cared for. I didn't just feel like a patient. I didn't just feel like someone that was showing up to appointments. I felt like they truly cared for me as like a human, um, mm-hmm. almost in like a motherly way. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it was phenomenal. They were so informative. Um, every time there was a decision about something, it, I felt supported with whatever choice I decided to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were great with just providing options and making it known that whatever I decide is okay, I'm supported. It was absolutely amazing. I can't imagine it being any other way. Yeah, I I love that you brought that up, that idea of the very much, the, you know, informed consent, right? We talk about, mm-hmm. I mean, as massage yes. therapists, you know all about that. And we talk about that in Bump to Birth too, of how yeah. important that is in general in life, but especially like in pregnancy, every step of the way in birth, having that happen. Um, and so I love hearing that, that that's what happened with you with every decision, right. Yes. And having that support and feeling you could make that informed decision for you and baby, what felt best. And then they would support you in that. Yes. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was so important to feel, to feel that uh, support there. Yeah. Great. And then let's go to, uh, baby's birthday and in terms of how, how did his birth go? How did kind of labor start? So labor actually started on my due date. Uh, We were at, again, I'm really good at staying distracted throughout things. Uh, We were at my niece's baptism. So we had the church service and then we had this really nice dinner afterwards. And I'm sitting at dinner going, I don't really know what contractions feel like, but I'm having these feelings that are coming pretty consistently. So I started timing them and I'm like, well, whatever these things are that I'm feeling are about two minutes apart. So that's like too consistent to not be contractions. Um, but again, everyone's experiences that I had heard about are, oh, you'll know when they're contractions. So mm-hmm. I was like, I guess if I don't know, they must not be contractions because I, I don't know that they're contractions, mm-hmm. but they're still two minutes apart. They are consistently two minutes apart. So mm-hmm. we did our dinner. You know, I didn't tell anyone. We left. I'm telling my husband on the way home. I'm like, something's something's going on don't really know what they are but I think it's something so it was a Sunday night so we can page our midwives at any point in time but I'm like well they're back in the office on Monday morning we'll just get through the night we'll see how things go and I'll just call them in the morning it's no big deal you know they don't hurt I don't know their contractions so we'll just go to bed so went to bed tried to ignore them as best I could about four or five o'clock in the morning they were you know waking me up but I could start to get to sleep but not too bad. By about six o'clock, I'm like, okay, I can't sleep anymore. These are uncomfortable. This must be what a contraction is. So I still wait until nine o'clock when the office opens because I don't want to bother anyone. (laughs) So wait until nine o'clock and the receptionist is like, well, you should probably page your midwife because it sounds like you're in labor. Okay. 
So I page my midwife within, I'd say 15 minutes. She calls me back. I hear you think that you're in labor. So I'm telling her all my, all my symptoms, kind of everything that I'm feeling. She's like, yep, yeah, you're definitely in labor. That's for sure what's going on. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm thinking mad rush to the hospital because mm-hmm. I don't know, that's what they show in the movies, right? Mm-hmm. She goes, oh no, you just relax at home. You're still talking through them because they weren't very painful at that point in time. So it's like, oh, this is great. We can just relax at home. My husband was home with me. So I took a bath. He made me breakfast. He cleaned the house. We like finished packing the hospital bag, just relaxed all morning. They're starting to get more and more painful. So I had to, I believe I paged her again, maybe at like 1030 in the morning, just saying, okay, they're start, they're starting to be more painful for sure. Like I think it's progressing. Um, and she was amazing. She actually came to my house to do an assessment. So mm-hmm. she came around noon, uh, which saved me a trip to the hospital, uh, mm-hmm. was able to do an assessment. And I was, I believe three or four centimeters dilated at that point in time. Um, so she said, you know, it's up to you. You can go to the hospital if you'd like, but you also can stay home, whatever you're most comfortable with. So I chose to stay home because it's, I don't know, I'd rather be more uncomfortable at home and labor at home than at the hospital. Mm-hmm. So took another bath. Uh, I did find um, the water mm-hmm. helped immensely with the pain and the discomfort. So mm-hmm. I stayed in the bath probably for like 40 minutes or an hour and just relaxed. My husband made me lunch, brought me some lunch, um, and then was able to do um, another phone call kind of assessment with my midwife at about two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And by that point in time, I was having trouble talking through my contractions. It stopped me in my tracks. Like I was definitely progressing and understood Mm -hmm. when people say, you know, when they're contractions. They were definitely contractions. Um, so at two o'clock on the phone, um, she again gave me a choice. She could come to the house, do another assessment, or we could just meet at the hospital. So at that point in time, I decided to meet at the hospital. Um, it was only about a 10 minute drive from where I was, but I was in a lot of pain. So I just wanted to get there, get some pain medication, was like, I don't know how I'm going to handle this. So we got to the hospital at about quarter after two. Um, got all registered, got up to the room. She was already there prepping the room, um, did another check. And I was seven, I believe seven centimeters, seven or eight centimeters dilated at that point in time. So I was very happy to have stayed at home prior to that. And again, the midwife care and how amazing they were. I think if I had an OB or had, wasn't able to have that at home assessment, we probably would have gone to the hospital at nine o'clock in the morning at noon because you don't know when you need to go, or, or I found mm-hmm. I didn't know when mm-hmm. I needed to go. Um, and I know I've had heard stories about people, they go to the hospital, they get sent home, they're back and forth. Uh, so I believe I probably would have had an experience like that if it wasn't for the midwives. Mm-hmm. Um, so got to the hospital, got changed into my gown, sat on the table, water broke. <laughs> so it was perfect timing. Everything just worked out so perfectly. Um, and then I think at maybe 4.45 or 5 o'clock, she had said I was ready to start pushing. And I met Samuel at 7.07. Everything, even with mm-hmm. pushing, they just were so lovely, mm-hmm. calm, supportive. Everything about it was just so relaxing, which yeah. is so weird to say about birth. But now it's great for people to hear that though, right? That it doesn't, it doesn't have to feel another way. It actually can feel that way, right? Feel relaxing and like, 
the water that you found super helpful because I think so not helpful. everyone hears about that as an option. I loved it in both my births. Like it's one of those mm-hmm. it can just, even if you're not a bath person, because I do tell clients to you an inbumped birth, I'm like, even if you're not really a bath, like you're just like, eh, I prefer a shower. I'm like, you might in labor actually really love being in the bath. So yes. And it caught mm-hmm. me off guard. I'm a shower person. Don't really yeah. love baths. At no point in time was I thinking I'm going to labor in a bathtub. Never mm-hmm. once. In fact, I was like, I'd rather not do that. I don't know. Yeah. It's just not my thing. And it was amazing. Absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. So I would, that, that caught me off guard in a very pleasant way. Yeah. And what did you, do you remember kind of some labor positions that your body really gravitated to throughout, whether at home or once you got to the hospital? At home, I found myself a lot of the time leaning on my island with my hands. So standing mm-hmm. up, leaning forward, hands on my island. Mm-hmm. Um, and later on, when it was starting to progress in intensity, um, I would have my husband apply pressure on my sacrum and kind of QL, like lower back area. Yeah. Uh, I found that very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say that was probably the main position that I labored in. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing, once I got to the hospital, um, we can talk about this later, but with my birth preferences, I didn't have very many birth preferences at all. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. The one thing that I was very hopeful for was I wanted to be able to move around Mm -hmm. constantly to help with the labor pains. Once I was at the hospital, I felt frozen in pain. Like Mm -hmm. I just couldn't move from whatever position I was in. Mm -hmm. And so luckily my husband was able to kind of accommodate and just move to where he needed to be to apply different counter pressures and rub my back. Mm -hmm. Um, So that caught, I would say caught me off guard. Uh, Mm -hmm. that I wasn't expecting that, that didn't really go as, I don't want to use the word planned, but didn't quite go how I expected it to go. Mm -hmm. Um, But other than that, when I was at home, I was able Mm -hmm. to move around, which was nice. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting that you bring that up because sometimes that does happen for people when we're in an environment that doesn't feel like ours, right? Like you were home yes. and it's just, that's your environment. So you're like, your body's like, mm-hmm. I can let go and I can relax. And um, sometimes with the hospital birth center, cause it's new. Sometimes mm-hmm. your body, your nervous system is like, I'm not familiar with this setting. So it, it can feel a bit different. So it is great that your husband was able to be like, okay, this is what, you know, Alana's body had wanted before. Let me see if I can get her into some positions so that I can apply it again. And it sounded like that felt good, right? Like the the pressure at the hospital also felt good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also used um, therapy balls, like the yoga therapy balls, Mm because I did find right near the end um, of pushing, there was a spot in my back that was catching almost. Mm -hmm. Um, So we used one of the balls between me and the hospital bed. And it was, it stayed there the entire rest of the delivery, yeah. uh, which was great to apply pressure in that like pinpoint specific spot that I needed it. Amazing. Did you end up mm-hmm. using at the hospital, like the birth ball, the peanut ball, or even, I know you mentioned tens before when you were pregnant, did you end up using yes. tens in your labor? I didn't. And again, that was another thing that went differently than I expected. Cause I was on the ball with asking the midwives to make sure there was a peanut ball available. I was convinced mm-hmm. I wanted to use the peanut ball. I know how beneficial it can be. Yeah. I had my tens machine with me ready to go for pain and just never even got a chance to do it. It felt like everything progressed so quickly. Like mm-hmm. I was only in the hospital. Like I got there a quarter after two and he was born within four, four hours, five hours. So everything just kind of kept moving along that there didn't seem like there was a chance for that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So, which is fine. Like everything went great. It just was a little different than I was expecting it to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also key, like you had options, right? That if you needed them, your husband knew how to do it. You know how to use them um, versus feeling like you're there. And if it had gone longer and you're like, I don't know how to use a peanut ball. I don't know how to use mm-hmm. that. Right. That is, you didn't end up using it, but they were there as options in case you did, which is, which is great. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. I also, um, one of the things on my birth preferences list was I didn't want to deliver on my back. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, you know, there's so many reasons why you can deliver in other positions mm-hmm. and I ended up delivering on my back. Mm-hmm. It yeah. just was what, what worked it, you know, yeah. it happened the way it did and mm-hmm. it went okay. It yeah. just, again, something else that I wasn't expecting, but it was yeah. okay. Like it ended up working out. Okay. Yeah. And I, that's what I find like with pushing positions, it's like, let's go through like a bump to birth. We go through them all. And then it's mm-hmm. like, go with where your body wants to be. So I never want people to feel like, oh, I shouldn't be on my back because mm-hmm. if that's where your body wants to be, that's where we want to listen to it. Right. So how did you find yes. like, as you went through transition, I don't know if you felt transition, like that last bit of labor before pushing or last bit of active labor part. Yeah. I don't know if I Remember? specifically felt it. Um, mm-hmm. I got an epidural when I was nine centimeters mm-hmm. dilated. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that affected not feeling it. Yeah. Um, I was hoping for an epidural sooner. So we were waiting for the anesthesiologist to come. Mm-hmm. And again, I was convinced everyone was lying that he wasn't going to make it. I didn't understand why he wasn't there yet. So yeah. there was a half hour window where I went from like, oh, I'm totally fine to I need this half an hour ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so once I got that, um, everything became that much more manageable. So I don't know if that's why maybe I can't pinpoint that specific transition. Yeah. Yeah. And do you find once you had the epidural, did you find, uh, did your body feel more relaxed? Did you end up taking a nap? Some people are surprised they take a nap at nine centimeters or at 10 centimeters. (laughs) No, I didn't. I didn't feel like I had any break. Um, I had heard about that. I had heard, you know, you want to rest between contractions. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I didn't have any between contraction time. My contractions mm-hmm. were one on top of another, top of another. Mm-hmm. Um, starting the night before, they were only two minutes apart. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have any of that downtime. And I think that's why it felt like everything was progressing so quickly because there was mm-hmm. no time to really stop and think. I was basically constantly in a contraction. It felt like, um, that being said is once the epidural kind of took effect, I certainly felt more relaxed. Mm -hmm. Um, we were laughing because in between pushing the midwife that delivered, uh, my baby, Mm -hmm. her son worked for my husband this summer. We found out we were talking about her son. We were talking about the golf course in between pushing. So things definitely calmed down once the epidural took yeah. hold and it got to the point where it was like, I think I'm having a contraction. I think I should probably push. And that was about the extent of how things were. Yeah. So not at all. Like I expected, it was mm-hmm. so calm. It was great. Mm-hmm. And even mm-hmm. the, when with pushing, mm-hmm. I expected there to be a whole team in the room. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really know. I just expected there to be so many people. Mm-hmm. It was myself, my husband, the midwife, and partway through a second midwife came. Yeah. And that was it. There was yeah. this huge room, wall to ceiling windows, and just the four of us. And mm-hmm. it was so calm. The sun was setting. Like it was yeah. great. 
Oh, so, and I think, again, it's great for people to hear that, right? Because sometimes all we see is what's in the movies and that Mm -hmm. looks drastically different than your experience in terms of having that calm, calm experience. So, and with like, with pushing, it sounds like with an epidural, like, could you still feel pressure? I know some people feel nothing. Some people feel pressure. What was your sensation? Or do you feel like the epidural, um, you didn't feel pain, but could you still feel sensations within your body? I could still feel sensations, but not a ton, I would say. Like Mm -hmm. there obviously was something because Mm -hmm. I kept saying, I think this might be a contraction. And with the monitors, they could tell that it was a contraction. So I was feeling Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. Um, I have no idea how I would describe it. It it was very mild, Mm -hmm. um, but I guess I could feel something. Mm -hmm. With it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, and then Samuel came out. And in terms of with that, and what was that experience? Like, I know everyone, like, did you know he was going to be a boy? No, no. I am. We waited. And my preference that we were able to keep was that my husband tell me if it's a boy or a girl. Yeah, exactly. Right. Having that surprise. You're just surprised that it's a baby. Um, And oftentimes (laughs) even, you know, forgetting um, with that, I find the midwives will be like, do you want to check? Um, but that's, mm. that's so great. And then, yeah. What was your experience even like, do you remember it? Like the placenta, that kind of, th- um, that kind of. So as, stage. as soon as he came out, they were, they were great, you know, came out directly on my chest, which mm-hmm. was amazing. Um, that was my preference. We hadn't gotten a chance to talk about it and they just did that immediately. I guess that might be the, the standard mm-hmm. for what they do, which I think is lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was on my chest and, Uh, that was so overwhelming in like the best possible way that all Mm -hmm. of a sudden this baby's just here and it's a little boy and Mm -hmm. oh my gosh that was like the most amazing thing and I I don't really have a lot of concept of time at this point in time but I'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure he stayed on my chest for like 45 minutes yeah like it was it was great I I do remember constantly asking he's not crying. Is he okay? Cause I thought they were supposed to become come out crying and screaming and mm-hmm. he was pretty quiet. Um, mm-hmm. so I was worried that, I don't know, something was wrong because he was so quiet, but he was yeah. just calm and snuggly. And that yeah. was just probably the greatest moment ever. Just yeah. having him on my chest and being the three of us, yeah. um, with the placenta, it's, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it took very long to come out. I think it was only mm-hmm. like a couple pushes. Um, mm-hmm. Don't remember any specific like pain or pressure or mm-hmm. anything like that. Yeah. Um, so placenta came out, no, no problem, no issue with that. Um, mm-hmm. Once they eventually did take him away to do like the weighing and the vitals mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. Um, my midwife was amazing. This might grow some people out, but she came over the placenta and was like, can I show yeah. you all the anatomy on it? It was so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really neat to see that. Like yeah. just how much there is to it. Well, that's the thing, right? You grow a baby and a whole other organ, which is like yeah. kind of mind blowing to think that that and how big it is, right? It's like the size of a dinner mm. plate. I find so yeah. often, especially first time moms, they're really surprised. They're like, I had no idea it was that big. And then when we talk mm-hmm. about postpartum, I'm always like, just remind yourself that is healing. Like that wound where the placenta came out inside your uterus, yes. that is all healing that you can't see. So mm-hmm. it is sometimes good to get that visual. And I find the midwives love doing like a placenta tour, right? So they kind yes. of show you all the little, um, kind of the little nuances around it. I find most are very interested in it, but for people listening, if ever you don't want to get the tour, you can always say no, but yes. most I think find it really interesting. 
Mm -hmm. And like you said, mm -hmm. I do find um, the one of the, it's just such a good visual to see how big that wound is inside your uterus. Cause I think mm -hmm. a lot of people don't realize that you don't think how much healing there is postpartum with that. When mm -hmm. you get that visual, it is, it's eye-opening. Yeah. Yeah. And pretty incredible, right? You think your body, you're like, your body incredible. did that. Um, now, did mm -hmm. you, did you have any tearing or stitches or anything like that after? I, I did mm -hmm. very, very minor. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember both of the midwives kind of assessing going, do you think we need to stitch? No, I don't think we need to stitch. Well, maybe we should stitch. Uh, mm -hmm. we'll do one just in case. Like it was, mm -hmm. it was very, very minor. Um, yeah. now it was actually an anterior tear, mm -hmm. which I think is a lot more, mm -hmm. a lot less common. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was more of an anterior tear. I had one stitch, um, mm -hmm. totally healed. No problem. Now mm -hmm. healing yeah. was great from that. Great. Mm -hmm. Great. And, and then how were things, how's postpartum been the last two months, like after, and you went home with Samuel and how has your experience been? So immediately postpartum, we, we decided to stay in the hospital for 24 hours uh, mm -hmm. with the midwives. You are able to be discharged within three hours. Mm -hmm. So we were thinking about that and then decided to stay just because since we delivered in the evening, there was no one around for lactation consultants, um, for hearing tests, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So we just decided to stay the 24 hours and that way we could have all that testing done. There was the additional support of the lactation consultant, mm -hmm. um, that sort of thing. So that, that was great. No issues, nice and relaxing. We had family come in the evening afterwards. So we were alone for the first little bit, just spending time as a new family of three. Mm -hmm. um, and then once we got home, it was great. Uh, the first two weeks, I remember thinking it has to be harder than this. Like, how mm -hmm. is this so easy? I'm not tired. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling great. I have no pain. Like it has to be harder than this. Um, I definitely overexerted myself at the beginning, um, by three days postpartum, I think I had gone on a like two kilometer walk and paid for it immediately after I was in pain, my bleeding had increased significantly. Um, I ever didn't realize that I'm not good at resting. That was new to me. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. I did not know how hard that was. I was up trying to do the dishes and my husband just kept saying, sit on the couch. Like you just gave birth. You are not supposed to be doing anything. And mm -hmm. he like, I don't even know how many times a day was telling me to sit back down on the couch and rest because I wasn't yeah. resting. Yes. And every time I did too much, my body told me mm -hmm. your body does not let that get by you. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, slowly started to rest more as challenging as I found that to be. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I would say it got a lot more challenging at the two or three week mark. And mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because there was so much support in those first week or two. Um, the midwives came to the house like every other day for a week or two, again, amazing care that mm -hmm. we didn't have to leave the house. They were there for support. They could help with breastfeeding, um, anything and everything I needed help with. They just were at the house. It was absolutely phenomenal to care. Um, so I don't know if it was when there was less support through mm -hmm. that or just the tiredness catches up to you. <laughs> Maybe I was running, you know, on adrenaline yeah. and that love for this new baby. And then it caught up to me a little bit later. So then I, it definitely got more challenging. Um, I had some trouble with breastfeeding. So that kind of took that, you know, 
mental, emotional toll. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm no longer breastfeeding. I'm exclusively pumping and bottle mm-hmm. feeding. And I found that helped huge. Ab- mm-hmm. Like, I can't even say how much that helped just choosing to stop breastfeeding for me personally. Everyone has a different feeding journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I was dealing with a lot of anxiety with breastfeeding. Not really sure where it stemmed from. It, it wasn't anything specific I would say that was making me anxious I just felt awful every time I breastfed mm-hmm. um I did learn about a different condition um what did my midwives call it dysphoric milk ejection reflex I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard it yes. I yeah I've never heard of that before no one's ever talked about that mm-hmm. um, so I think that that might have been what was going on um because mm-hmm. I do still have some trouble with pumping but I just find with pumping it's a lot easier to distract myself where with breastfeeding, I was focused on just feeding my baby. So mm-hmm. I think it was getting, the emotions were getting to be way too overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. And Thank you for, yeah, for sharing that. And do you find, cause I think it's helpful for people to hear the kind of the anxiety experience you had too. Did you have pain with it? Because I think some people yes. always assume there would be pain. And cause I've had some clients experience what you did with no pain, but they had the anxiety so I, to it. Yeah, I did have pain at the very, very beginning, mm-hmm. um, which has, it did stop later on. So I think the pain was separate from the mm-hmm. anxiety. I just had it in the beginning where the anxiety kind of was still there, even when the pain was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything spirals. And I think there's just a lot of pressure on moms. Cause I'm thinking I'm supposed to be loving this. Everyone says how amazing it is breastfeeding. And I'm having all these awful emotions, which then makes you feel even worse. So it just, it was, it was interesting dealing with that. Um, the midwives were very, very supportive with it. And since I've kind of, you know, we found our groove and I can pump and we can bottle feed and my husband helps bottle feed. It's gotten a lot better. Yeah, no, I think Mm -hmm. it's great. And you had the support and it sounds like you saw a lactation consultant then at Mm -hmm. 1.2 at the start. Like, I think it's like you had all the different supports and then made the decision that felt best for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how was, how has kind of been the other weeks postpartum recovery? I know kind of, we were chatting a bit over message and I'm like, there's the, the postpartum recovery exercise series to kind of gradually yeah. build about core pelvic floor, but the whole body in bump to birth, mm-hmm. which I find gives some good guidance. What have yes. you found has felt good in terms of getting some movement in, but also then applying everything you learned in pregnancy to help with your recovery? So my recovery again has been amazing. I feel Mm -hmm. very lucky because I know there's so many different things that can happen. Um, I basically have had no pain. I expected Mm -hmm. a lot more pain with Mm -hmm. postpartum recovery. Mm -hmm. And I would say for the most part, I've been Mm pain-free, which has been great. Um, In terms of physical activity, Mm -hmm. I've found it very challenging as Mm -hmm. I'm sure most moms do. Um, Not the actually doing it, it's the finding time. Um, especially with pumping. Another thing that's caught me off guard is how much time that takes. You know, I do all the feedings, especially at night, you know, you do the feedings, you finally get them back down, but then I'm still up pumping to get ready for the next feed. And Mm -hmm. so it's been a lot to try and find time to be physically active. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially with the winter here. So we haven't had tons of days that I could go outside and walk. Mm -hmm. If it was super, super windy, I didn't, you know, I didn't want the baby to be around the windy, chill weather. Um, Mm -hmm. The easiest thing I found for exercise and moving my body has been walking. Um, Mm And we have a mall close to where I live. So Mm -hmm. sometimes I just am a mall walker with the older (laughs) 
people in the yeah. mornings and just go wander around the mall. He sleeps in the stroller. So sometimes we'll do that if he's not napping well in the afternoon. Um, but beyond that, I haven't had a chance to do anything specific mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. postpartum exercise. Mm -hmm. um, I am looking at signing up for a, there's a local um, woman that does postpartum kind of rehab exercise classes. So I'm Great. looking into doing that, hopefully at starting yeah. at the end of the month. Mm -hmm. um, and then building from there, I'd love to get back into yoga, um, look into how I can kind of get back into running. I love running. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully with the spring weather and mm -hmm. as he gets a little bit older, mm -hmm. hopefully I'll be able to resume yeah. more of those activities. Yeah. Totally. And I do think it is, it's definitely hard if you're used to being very active. I know I felt that. I know Jess, yes. the other podcast or the other mm -hmm. co-host on the podcast found that too, when you're super active in that initial postpartum period where you know that it actually is more helpful to slow down. And so you almost to fit in exercise or rehab exercises, it's like sprinkled throughout your day versus you're used to having mm -hmm. like your workout time. And yes. to put aside half an hour, an hour at that point is not realistic and isn't mm -hmm. really needed. Like it's just those little pieces of incorporating that rehab type exercise can then feel really good and then get you back to how you're talking about further along and getting back to running later, like all those things. Mm -hmm. And then your body will actually feel good doing it. Yes. Right. So mm -hmm. I love that there's a class local to you. I wish every community had that where it's, you yes. know, focus on that core and pelvic floor rehab, but bringing it into exercise and then having a, a group class. Cause then you get to meet other moms, other babies yes. and baby gets to come with you. So then that kind of limitation is taken off. And it's just a very mm -hmm. kind of like what you talked about the pregnancy class, like the prenatal yoga to have that mm -hmm. postpartum is then another benefit of you have others who are in the same boat as you, but postpartum. Yes. Where it helps physically, you're getting stronger, you're doing a rehab, but it helps with that yeah. mental, emotional support as well. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So what would you say, Elena, thank you so much for sharing pregnancy, birth and postpartum experience. What advice would you give to someone who's currently expecting? Listen to your body is probably number one. Um, your body's going to tell you what it needs. So whether it's in pregnancy, if you're overworking yourself, um, you know, just listen to what your body has to say and being, giving yourself time to rest is not being lazy. It's being productive in pregnancy mm -hmm. and postpartum. And now I probably need to listen to my own advice because I know that that's so important and it's challenging. It is challenging to rest, but it's important. It's so important because there's no other way that your body's going to heal. Mm -hmm. And part of that, I would say too, is ask for help mm -hmm. and accept help. Yes. accept it when people have to offer it because there you probably aren't going to get a lot of time to rest and recover without the support of your community right like it takes a village there's that's the saying for a reason mm -hmm. yes love that well I know everyone will appreciate that advice for all those three stages and yeah thank you again for being on and sharing about about your journey thank you for having me we hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 